Today is Wednesday, December 14th, and I'm recording this before this afternoon when the FOMC is likely to announce another rate hike to its benchmark rates. Probably 50 basis points, that's the expectation, one set by Federal Reserve policymakers themselves. However, if history is a guide and markets are a useful guide, there's a very good and rising chance this is the last one. Not only is that good chance that this is the last one, if it is, then the rate cuts are very likely to start not long afterward. No, 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 of course, the Federal Reserve policymakers meet everybody else and saying, no, 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 this is absolute crazy talk. Haven't you heard Jay Powell, Christopher Waller, and all the rest of them saying, no, rates, James Bullard, rates have further to go on the upside. And even if they don't have further to go on the upside, policymakers have said they intend to keep rates where they are, if not higher, for a long period of time. To which we say, so what? It doesn't matter what policymakers believe. That is the lesson, the judgment from history, all history, including recent history. Even if the Federal Reserve objects to the 2019 comparisons, which there's reasons for them to do so, that's not the only time this happens. What we've always see in history is that there's usually, almost always, very little if no correlation between the Federal Reserve's policies and economic outcomes, as we'll go through today in our history. Because, you know, the problem is the public is led to believe the Federal Reserve is staffed by a bunch of, you know, scientists working in a lab, uh, you know, a bunch of lab technicians putting together the uh, a process of formulas and, and all sorts of studious details to come up with the right answers at the right time for the right circumstances. When in fact, what really happens is they have a bunch of, they, th they throw a bunch of garbage assumptions into some garbage econometric models. And not surprisingly, what comes out the other end is garbage. My point is the Federal Reserve policymakers are just winging it. They say they're going to do one thing and then time and time again are surprised that the world turns out to do something else. And then they have to go back and rechange and reshuffle all of their policies to match what happened, not what they said would happen. And that's what's playing out right now, right as we speak, even today as the FOMC gets ready to announce what's likely to be its final rate hike. I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Uh, if you're interested, we have exclusive video content going behind the, the scenes into the details of the monetary system, the real monetary system that doesn't include the Federal Reserve, how it works, how it all fits together, where money comes from, as well as the societal, political, as well as economic implications of all that. Uh, if you're interested, we also have a daily briefing partnership with Markets Insider Pro, which I believe is going to go on sale again pretty soon, as well as my deep dive analysis where we really get into the, the economic, financial, political implications of euro dollar conditions and how that impacts our daily lives. All of the information readily available, eurodollar.university. Now, as Edwin Dale said, and I went over this in a recent video, Edwin Dale, 1969, well-respected economic contributor, writing in the New York Times, laughing at the Fed, saying that the Fed hurls these tremendous thunderbolts or claims to. Meanwhile, back then, the public was largely laughing at the Fed because the public understood 
the Fed was laughable. Their policies were a joke, leading, of course, at that time to a great inflation, of which they were powerless to stop for reasons that even today are not well understood, which is one reason why, post Volcker, the Fed has transformed itself where it still hurls these thunderbolts, except we're all supposed to take the Fed so desperately serious, as if our all, everything in our daily lives depends upon what the FOMC will do today, because that's part of the Fed's mission. As Milton Friedman said in one of the last interviews of his life, I believe this was in 2005, he said, the difficulty of having people understand monetary theory is very simple. The central banks are good at press relations. Central banks hire people and the central banks employ a large fraction of all economists. So there is a bias to tell the case, the story in a way that is favorable to central banks. And that story that we've been told ever since Volcker, when they started hiring lots of these press release agents and cozying up to the financial media is one that relates everything to a monetary policy. If the Fed has done something, we better think about how that's gonna impact us, whether it does or not. And the fact is, most people have never really examined the evidence. As we talked about in yesterday's video, as well as the recent videos, we're actually doing the math here. When you do the math, what you find is mostly non, no correlation whatsoever. Do you remember the Bush helicopter payments? Of course you don't, nobody does. Why would you? Because they were that ineffective. They were forgettable. They were absolutely ineffective and did not, did not perform the way they were supposed to. What they were supposed to do was make sure that the United States economy, which was slowing down precipitously at the end of 2007 into the beginning of 2008, having, having suffered several financial shocks as well as volatility, the Bush administration came up with this genius idea that they would just pay people for being people. They would pay taxpayers back in a tax rebate. The, the helicopter payments in March, 2020 were not the first time that had been done even in the United States. The Bush administration had pioneered this, this, uh, this tactic, if you will. It's not even, it's just, let's throw some money out there and hope it works. And really, if you read some of the, some of the statements that the administration was making at the time, you just have to shake your head and laugh. But either way, the point was, let's shovel a bunch of money out into the economy and that will help the economy weather what was, what was then thought to be nothing more than a downturn. And what you see is, while the Federal Reserve was doing its thing that didn't seem to have any effect, the Bush helicopter payments actually did. They actually did have a material impact on the economy, including the consumer price index. Now, at the time, the consumer price index was high and rising up until late 2007 when suddenly something happened. The economy again started to get started to fall off, heading toward the Great Recession. And for a while there, consumer price pressures declined too. Was that because the Federal Reserve was hiking rates? No, of course not. By that point, the Federal Reserve was cutting rates. Didn't make a damn bit of difference to the CPI. The Fed had, had been hiking rates up until the middle of 2006. Meanwhile, the CPI kept going up, up, and up. And the Fed stopped hiking rates into the beginning stages of the great monetary crisis of 2007-2008. And consumer prices kept going up and up until around, I think it was, let me see here, November 2007, 
The CPI hit 4.31% year over year. Even as the Fed was cutting rates, CPI began to decline. It fell a little bit, slowed down, fell is the wrong word. It slowed down a little bit into early 2008 until April. By April 2008, it was under 4% again, with the monthly numbers making it look like consumer prices were finally getting under control. Remember, as the Fed is cutting interest rates, Fed monetary policies, interest rate policies have nothing to do with consumer prices nor the economy because of the economy in the first quarter of 2008 had contracted quite seriously. Now, the estimates have changed over time, and the current benchmark estimates from the BA show that GDP was down 1.63% quarter over quarter annual rate in the first quarter. But in comes these Bush helicopter payments. It was, what was it, $300 per taxpayer, $600 for couples, and I think in certain circumstances you get up to $1,200 paid to you. Those payments began, I think, late April of 2008, I'm pretty sure, but really late April, May, and June. So the, the second quarter of 2008, while the Fed is cutting rates, while the Fed did all of its other monetary, non-monetary policies like TAF and overseas dollar swaps, primary dealer credit facility, rescuing Bear Stearns, all that stuff, the economy rebounded in the second quarter of 2008 because helicopter payments. Uh, GDP, at least according to the latest numbers in the second quarter of 2008, plus 2.3%. So very good job, President Bush. That was terrific. You got the economy to rebound. And not only that, given the way the fundamentals of the global economy and the U.S. economy in particular were arranged at that time, consumer prices re-accelerated. Not because of the Fed, but because of a mini supply shock. You had the government shoveling money into the economy, a temporary shoveling money into the economy that rebounded demand at the time when companies were not really in the mood to expand supply. You had an increase in consumer prices, and it wasn't just oil. You saw the same thing in core, core consumer prices, too. So we had the CPI decline to around 3.94% by April 2008. But then the helicopter payments come in, consumer prices accelerate. And uh, by, uh, by the July of 2008, that's when consumer, the CPI would peak in the United States. And in, the, in that three-month period, May, June, and July 2008, the CPI had accelerated to a 9.8% annual rate, annual rate. Oil prices played a big part of that, as well as you know, cons uh, the core CPI, which went from 2.26% annual increased to 254 by August of 2008. So it wasn't just oil prices or energy or those kinds of things. The Bush helicopter payments had an impact on the economy, a transitory impact. Meanwhile, at the Federal Reserve, GDP was up, consumer prices were accelerating, not just the Federal Reserve either. Think about the ECB, which actually hiked rates fearing inflation in July of 2008 because the Fed and all of the econometric models said, case closed, everything's fine. Inflation pressures are likely to be the most pressing issue, even as the Great Recession grew much, much, much worse. So as I said, uh, as I reminded everybody in a recent video, this was the June 2008 meeting um, the one of the staff economists, uh, I think the head of the monetary monetary affairs division, famous quote: "Most of you think the economy will skirt recession." 
So by June of 2008, even after cutting, cutting monetary policy rates up until that point, with consumer prices accelerating, GDP up a little bit, the Fed was more concerned about inflation rather than the monstrous gorilla elephant in the room, which would become the Great Recession. Not only was the monetary policy rates uncorrelated to economic circumstances, it was the Bush tax cuts, helicopter payments that had any impact whatsoever. And it was always going to be a transitory one because of what was going on all the while. CPI peaked in August of 2008, July 2008, August 2008 for the core CPI. Prices then began to descend because of the economic circumstances that had not been changed by either the Federal Reserve policies or the federal government. They had temporarily forestalled the worst consequences of the crisis, which were going to happen either way. And of course, once they did, what did the Federal Reserve do? Complete 180, instead of thinking about inflation, now realized the seriousness of the deflationary consequences following, of course, Lehman Brothers, AIG, Wachovia, and all that stuff late in 2008. Folks, the Fed is just winging it. They respond to circumstances that they can see. What they saw in 2008 was a reacceleration of consumer prices and thought, there's a reacceleration in consumer prices, which must mean the economy's not just fine, it actually may be turning out to be more than fine. Recession, forget recession, the risks are rising for inflation. When we just, and this was just weeks before we would experience, or not experience, weeks before we would figure out and see with perfect clarity that these were the worst deflationary conditions since the Great Depression. They have no idea what they're doing. They're not setting interest rates based on some form of scientifically determined, mathematically validated model. It's all garbage in, garbage out. They respond to conditions as they develop, just the same way it did in 2000 and 2001. Once the CPI peaks, that's pretty much it because they're looking backwards at what the CPI is telling them rather than looking forward as markets do about what the turn in the CPI actually means. And what it means usually in almost every case, not every case, but almost every case is if the CPI starts to go down. It's not because of rate hikes, it's because the economic circumstances have changed. In 2001, the, the CPI peaked at 3.76%. Alan Greenspan was deathly afraid of inflation. So he had been raising interest rates from the middle of 1999. The last interest rate hike would be in May of 2000 after the CPI had already peaked. And the rate cuts would begin in a matter of months at the beginning of 2001. And not only that, dot-com recession not long after. Not just the CPI, but really deterioration in labor market metrics like the uh, establishment survey that had turned negative and things like that. But again, fearing inflation all the way until the very first rate cut to start 2001 until they realized by the time it was too late, the change in the character, of the, C the peak in the CPI was because of the peak in the economy. It's not about the rate hikes or the rate cuts. The Fed it doesn't anticipate what's going to happen in the real economy. The Fed reacts to what's going on in the real economy time and time again. 
The Fed is just winging it. Now, consumer price pressures, what we do see consistently is they do tend to fall in very cyclical fashion because of changes in the economy. When the economy starts to fall off, that's when we see consumer prices fall off and then the Fed will respond to it. Even though they claim to be data dependent, even though they claim this time is different, they're not, they're not just gonna respond to economic weakness like they did in 2019 or any economic weakness they did in 2019, all the markets are saying you're going to. You're going to have to because the situation has changed. It's, it's become very serious. Consumer price pressures peaked months ago. Therefore, that strongly implies, very strongly implies, strong enough for the marketplace, rate hikes are closer to the end than anything. And if they are, history also shows rate cuts not long thereafter. Assuming the Fed isn't cutting rates to begin with, because there's really no correlation. The Fed reacts, market tells you what's going to happen. I'm Jeff. This is your Dollar University. I can say it. Thank you for joining me. As always, huge thank you to Eurodollar University members, as well as our research subscribers, the Daily Briefing, Deep Dive Analysis, more information about all that at eurodollar.university. Until next time, take care.